The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. What if we have many things today to think about? We know our lady's here with us, but what if she wasn't? I'm still out of care test right now, trying to finish the book. They fired the first shot, 2012. And there's a lot to it, somewhat of a complicated writing. But it's very important for everyone now. It's very important for me. It's very important to understand what our lady's been doing for 30 years and what kind of sort of time she's been bringing us into. And so the question with what preoccupies us throughout our day, which is really about our future, which is why our lady says, do not be afraid of the future, because so much concerning the future and so many issues and things that's coming up down our way preoccupies us. And of course, prayer fasting dissipates that, but it doesn't take the concern away. Not necessarily for yourself, because if you're praying and fasting, you're not so much 
dependent on the culture and your soul as much as you're dependent on God. So you have that confidence, that trust. At the same time, we're concerned for others. How many people walk the streets? How many families, members that's going out wayward? And as Maria told me a few weeks ago, in a phone conversation, we were discussing things of the day. People are clueless. All of Italy follows Medjugorje. And there's probably nobody in Medjugorje that has not heard about Medjugorje. <clears throat> they're, they're almost crazy with it. They're the more, most largest group going to Medjugorje now. And yet Maria is saying that so many people are clueless. That includes Medjugorje people. So I don't really have any specific thing to talk about today, so I think what we'll do, we'll just start with Joan, your story of the week, and I'll just ad-lib whatever that comes and whatever is inspired from that. Okay, this comes from a Christian who had worked as a missionary in South America for many years, and she writes, Do you want to be a disciple? You remember that Jesus had 12 disciples that he had specifically chosen. Most of them were just rude, rough fishermen, and they were learners. A disciple is a learner. As they walked and talked and ate with Jesus, they were able to see what it means to be disciples. They had no idea when they left their nets and followed him as to just what that was going to entail, nor do you and I. But if you want to be his disciple, he has given us three conditions. He says, If you want to be my disciple, you must give up your right to yourself. The second thing is that you must take up the cross. Surely the taking up of the cross always, in some form or other, means suffering. And the third condition is to follow. I had the experience of getting lost one time in the jungle. I was a fairly new missionary in the western jungle of Ecuador, A group of Colorado Indians had invited my British colleague Barbara and me to go along on a fishing trip. Well, I knew very little about how vague an Indian's directions might be. But suffice it to say, Barbara and I set off in the direction that they had indicated. We got ourselves helplessly and hopelessly lost. We ended up sleeping in the jungle, lying on the ground, which was very wet. We had a little Indian boy with us. He was about six years old. There wasn't anything to do but tie the horse up to the tree, light the lantern, and try to build a fire in all that wetness. Then it poured rain for most of the night. It's much too long a story for me to tell you, but we got lost even worse the next day, trying to find our way back home. But after every imaginable kind of twist and turn of the trails, and we could hardly tell the trails between the human ones and the animal ones, suddenly there stood a Colorado Indian at the fork of two trails. He didn't say a word. It was just as if he had been posted there, waiting for us. He just looked at us, turned around, and started down one of those two trails. What do you think we did? You can bet your life we followed. No complaints, no ifs, ands, or buts, no suggestions, but we followed. It is always possible to do the will of God. Did you know that? I better say it again. It is always possible to do the will of God. But it's one day at a time that he leads us. I may be talking to someone today who has just lost a job. You don't know where to go or what to do next. 
I have three very simple rules that I would begin with if I were you. The first one is to just simply tell the Lord quite honestly that you will do anything he says. One girl said to me, well, how can I tell the Lord I'll do anything he says if I don't know what he's going to say? Well, that's where faith comes in, isn't it? So tell the Lord right up front, Lord, I will do anything you say. You present your body to him as a living sacrifice and let him tell you what to do. The second thing, which is very simple and very obvious, is that you've got to be in communication with God, which means quiet time, faithful, daily, quiet time, reading your Bible so that you can hear God speak to you, and praying so that you are talking to God. And then the third thing, which is very often overlooked, is to faithfully today, whatever God has given you to do, do. It's amazing how that simplifies life. If we are trying to predict the future way in advance, months or years in advance, we're not going to get very far because God seldom gives us a whole blueprint of what the future is going to be. He simply says, follow me. He has promised to show us the way. But it's very important to do what God has already given you to do today and to do it faithfully and conscientiously. So I would tell a student, I can tell you what God's will is for you. They look at me in astonishment. I say, well, you're a student, aren't you? Then God's will for you is to study, not to cut classes, not to plagiarize on your exams or cheat on your papers, and be nice to your classmates. How about that one? What's that got to do with sanctification and holiness and following the Lord and being a disciple? Well, it's got everything in the world to do with it. If you can't muster or pass muster on those daily, simple, obvious requirements... You're not going to be much of a disciple, are you? God knows exactly how to make clear to you when it is his time to show his will. Until then, wait patiently for him. Spend time in the word. Spend time on your knees. Be faithful in whatever God has given you to do, whether it's housework or office work or schoolwork or whatever it is. Do you want to be a disciple? Give up your right to yourself. Take up the cross and follow. The Lord is going to be faithful in showing you exactly how to do each one of those three things in His time. I was speaking to someone this past week, and they began to say what during Lent that they decided to, to turn off the television and give that up. And he was Catholic, and uh, one of his friends who was Protestant, he was talking to, and then somebody else, a third person, they were all talking uh, recently. And the, the Protestant guy decided to turn off his TV for Lent, which is not a, uh, usually you never hear Protestants giving up too much for Lent, but this was a, a little bit surprising to him. And the other friend was um, a nice couple who felt the need to do the same thing. He was a little bit amazed that, that uh, he, knew, he knew this come from a lady. And yet the other two had really no dealing with Medjugorje. But Our Lady is leading people to that. And while you may be the ripple in the pond from the little pebble that drops going out to the edges of the pond, that when that ripple comes to the edge, no one where the source was, no one knows where it come, came from. It came from that one person who may have said something or a witness to the next person, to the next person, to the next person. The ripple it ripples out. 
So Our Lady is, her, her work is effective, it's happening. And they were amazed at uh, what happened as a result of giving up TV. Uh, things have changed in their life. Things have begun to turn around. And so when God, we can go years and years and years, and God may be showing us to do something, but we don't want to do that. But we've learned a lot from a lady. You know, just like the three things that was just said, Joan just read. You know, we must must be given the right of ourselves to God. You're not free just to go sit before your eyes anything defiled. You're not free to do anything you want to do with what you have. Oh, you have the free will. But do you want God's will for you or yourself? If you want the will for yourself, then look at society today and see what the self-centered society has become. You want that? Well, then you have to take up your cross if you don't. Give the right to yourself over. Take up your cross. And you say, well, I want to lead. There's no good leader out there who wasn't first a good follower. I had no intention of doing anything in Medjugorje or doing what I'm doing right now. I wanted with all my heart to follow Our Lady. I turned my whole being, I consecrated myself. I remember in the early days of going to Medjugorje, Mary, you own me, body, head to toe, everything, all actions, all speech, all possessions that this body has. Whatever you want is yours. And I followed. And when I was put in position to lead, I didn't want to do that. And I came to a conclusion, I remember realizing at one point, that I really had followed her lady faithfully. Oh, I sinned. I fell. But I wanted everything in my heart to get away from that and change my life, change my direction of my life. And I embraced the cross. I embraced the suffering. I embraced not knowing the future. Because as the Colorado Indians stood at the trail, God didn't tell me the future. He showed me what our lady said today. Dear children, today. And as this was written, what Joan just read, to faithfully follow today what God shows you to do. Not tomorrow and the next day and the next day. But today is enough problems on its own. And what God was showing me to give up and turn away from was difficult. Throw this away. Do that. Don't go that. Don't do this anymore. You know, forget the sports thing. I've got other things for you to do. And at first you balk. You don't want to do that. But then once you know and you take God's way and he shows you what to do, what else can you do? And so it is with God that we have to see that he has for us today something that he wants us to walk faithfully in, something that he will show us to do. And we have at the same time people saying, well, I don't want to do what God says to do. You know, you've got to follow anything God says to do. And Our Lady correlates us with the words to children today. This is what I want you to do. You pick a message for the day, and you follow that faithfully. And only when you become a good follower can you be a good witness. When you become a good witness, you'll be a good, you'll be a, a good leader. So every good leader makes a good follower. Who's the best? Who's the best leader we know that we're in contact with now? Personally, is Our Lady. She's coming to the earth. And she followed. She she was such a good follower of Christ and His ways that now she leads all the angels, all of heaven, subjugated only to God, 
And now all the earth, because this is her time. And you can be her extended hands, because she says she wants that. I want you to be my extended hands. Be my instruments. That's a message specifically for the community. They came and followed the path I've been walking to join our community caretakers. That's what you have to do. Or they showed me what she wanted me to do with my life. They came and did with their life, matching that. We're all in you with a lady. And a lot of people follow the community all around the world. So it's not that, okay, well, I want to be a good leader. You don't go that way. You'll never be a good leader. You have to be a good follower, and you're forced in a position of leading. You're forced in a position by natural elements of what you're doing to be the good witness or to be a witness. You can be a bad witness. But if you're listening to God today and you don't say, well, I don't, I don't want to do what you tell me to do today, then you won't be because there was things God told me to do that I didn't know how it ended up, but I was so committed to it that I went blindly into it and said, okay, I know this is what you want me to do today. I can't see tomorrow, and this doesn't look very good. This looks destructive. And in fact, the way you live your life, the way you walk, and you start seeing God's will in your life, and you start carrying that, it's destruction. To bring back construction of what he wants to build your life on. The way you built your life, the way you built the culture, is being destroyed. We all see it when we follow Our Lady. We see everything we used to do, everything we're about, everything we are, is in destruction. We've termed it construction through destruction. And we see now we built a whole new way, a whole new life. And it's beautiful. We didn't foresee everything we're experiencing now. Oh, the cross is there, the suffering is there, the difficulties. I don't have a right to my own self. What I do is dictated to me by the mission that God's given to me. And sometimes, not sometimes, you feel like a slave. But the consolation he brings to that, knowing that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing today, that you're following him, I said, you know, to write a book is very complicated, very tiring. I hated homework. That's all I've been doing for weeks. In fact, I don't even know how I made it to school because I never did my homework. I couldn't stand it. But I like to read. And so what is God's plan for you? If you embrace it, you like it. I like doing what I'm doing, but it's not easy. It's a cross, and it is difficult. At the same time, I know it's going to produce a lot of fruit. So God has for you a way out of the jungle that you're in in this culture. With all these trails, we've gotten ourselves lost. And just as these, uh, I was being told about the very friends got together and discovered each other, gave up TV, and their lives changed even, even during Lent. They started seeing things with clarity. They started seeing things in a new light. God started, turning things, God started turning things around for them in their lives, both in buying land and getting out and financially. When they step toward God, and I'm not talking about prosperity doctrine, that's wrong. I'm talking about when God says, Leave my statute, live my statutes. And he'll provide, just like you heard at the beginning of this program. God takes care of the details. You pray, you fast, in other words, you turn your life over to God, and then let God act. He is a father. And if there's no, any father on earth that can be the father of the earth, the best father, get the reward. Don't even come close in what this father could do, or earthly father, compared to God. So when you step toward him and follow him, he works out the details. 
You just have to be obedient to the day. Just like she said, don't cheat on a test. You know, big deal. It is a big deal. I had a situation that I know a while back came up, and, and I didn't address it. I said, God, if you want me, I know about this, but if you're going to, I'm not going to address it. If you want me to make it known, uh, then you deal with it. I walked away from it, and it became known. People came right up to me and, and, and confessed up about it. And so, you know, I felt at peace because I wanted to confess something. I didn't, but God makes that all work out. You give it to him. If he wants you to deal with it, then you deal with it. If he wants you to change, you change. If he has something for you that day, then you follow that. And so we've got to realize we're in trouble. We're in trouble because we're the trouble. Not everybody else. And when you learn that you must give the right to yourself up to God, take your cross and suffer, suffer and follow, and then the parallel three things to tell God, I'll do anything you say today. And you communicate, God, with your quiet time and your prayer. And you're faithful today to those dictates of God. Because it could be the baby crying, it could be cleaning the house, it could be a mess. That's, that's the command from God. Cleanliness is orderliness. Or, or, or cleanliness is sex to godliness. You know, where are the duties of that day? Sister Lucy, a Fatima, the visionary, said that the penance God requires for man today is his daily duties, his responsibilities. To be, you know, in order to say this part, but in order to fulfill them faithfully. This is how things change. We want some grandiose idea, some great presidential thing, somebody elected for these things. It's not going to happen. It's not going to change anything. It's from God. And it comes from God, or it's withheld from God, and by God, according to how we live and what actions we take and what we do with our life. Frank, you on the line? Yeah. Um, I don't think that it, the path can be more clear than it is in our time, because Our Lady is here. And certainly for our life, it's... Um, been your witness and the witness of the community. Certainly the writings and all these things have got us in a direction, and particularly I see far because you're talking about the television today. There's no way I could stand here today and say, I'm doing what I was created to do. I'm, I'm doing God's will for my life today. And I can say that because of the direction that Our Lady has given us through you in the community, and particularly uh, the witness and pilgrimages. This is uh, so important for our life. I know you wrote a book called Why You Must Go to Medjugorje, and I understood it when I read it, but not, not nearly as clear as I do today. You must make these pilgrimages. This is an opportunity for grace like no other time. And you must go with Caritas. And you must make pilgrimages to Caritas. This is going to change your life. Everyone I talk to says when they make a pilgrimage, they come back, they're never the same. The fruit is peace. And the fruit of God's will is joy. And so I say that it, the path is simple. I'm very careful not to say easy. But um, so where we are today is 
the people that have been following this direction that call me and talk to me, the math is, is astounding of how many are called and few are chosen. And I can say, simply because of the math, you're chosen. And uh, particularly the, the listeners to this show, I think, you know, um, they have done, followed these writings um, to a great degree, in particular the last two writings, which are what Our Lady is calling us to when she says, you can stop the evil that wants to begin to rule the world. Um, individually, we can do nothing, but all together, united with her son, we can heal the world. And so, how do we do this? How do we unite? Where do we unite? Well, Our Lady has given unique direction through a friend of Medjugorje and through the writings. And the last two writings are the answer. And so, just to, to tell you what I'm talking about as far as uh, why I say uh, the people that call me and have taken, it ain't going to happen very seriously, and have done 100% of what they, they can do, gotten completely out of the system, as Revelations is telling us, uh, come out of her. Fallen is Babylon, and it's already fallen. Even though by grace uh, it hasn't fallen, it says in one hour your wealth is gone, brought to nothing. And so those that are following this direction, if they called me and did $3,000, if a million people did what they did, it would put such stress on the price of silver that is being so controlled for over a century. Yeah, explain for a new listener, $3,000 would mean buying the Miraculous Medical Medallion round, which is so, a one-out silver piece. So I'm giving an example of different levels that people either talk to me about or have done. And what the people that are understanding this are doing are getting completely, absolutely out of paper and not looking back. The people that did IRAs, um, a lot of them are averaged and higher than we are now, have paid their taxes. Not one complaint. Not one single complaint. Everyone is very much at peace. They know what they have, and they know it's tremendously valuable, no matter what the price tag on it is, because of desperation and desperate depression. Yeah. Yeah, let me address something while you're speaking on the IRAs and the 401Ks. I want to be real clear about uh, that, and I'm not speaking, I speak for the spiritual, but the spiritual is affected by what ain't going to happen and about money and, and the love of money and the proper use of it. Uh, the Bible talks a lot about that. Jesus talked a lot about it. Our Lady said, read through Thursday, what we just heard began program Matthew 6. But anyway, the the... There's some people being concerned because they have to pay taxes after they put everything in their miraculous measure around medallion um, that they had to pay taxes because they put out a 401k. You've got to pay that anyway. There's no reason to even be concerned about it or upset. That money's not yours. If you have $100,000 and you owe $30,000 of that in your 401k to the government, if it sits there for three more years, it's the government's. It never is yours. You earned it. As soon as you put it in there, it became the government. It may sit there for three years. They just don't take the taxes now. So if they take the taxes now, or three years from now when you pull it out, you've got to pay it. There's no reason in any way to be like, oh, I didn't know this. It's not your money. You can't count that $100,000 as yours. You only have seventy. 
if you're in a $30,000 bracket to pay that. And so the thing is, is the people that did take that and they are paying that now are really actually going to be better off because we don't know what our taxes are going to be two years, three years, five years from now. You don't even know if you're going to have a 401k. That's the thing. You can hedge and bet your chances, well, my 401k is going to be there. But a lot of people's 401k isn't there, or a lot of people's 401k lost 50% of its value from 100000 to 50000 So why take a chance? Put it in a, in, a, in a medallion that's religious, that if the government confiscates silver, and that's always a possibility, they've done that before, you at least have something religious that you can say, ah, this silver piece is a, is a religious medallion. You can't have it. I'm not giving it up. And if they take that, which they can, because the government can do whatever they want to do, when they become tyrannical, then you've lost everything anyway. You'd already lost your 401k. Your last bastion of, of hope would be that it be religious. The Silver Eagles, they can collect. They did it before. This is not unprecedented. They did it with gold. They can take it. But what they didn't take before was anything of a religious nature. You think they're going to go around everybody's neck and say, oh, there's a miraculous metal on it? Give me that. Give me that cross, that silver cross. You know, if they take that, forget it anyway, because they'll be taking the silver and go out of your teeth, and you'll be dead, so it doesn't matter. You've got nothing to spend it on, not even a blanket for your cold, dead body. So I want that understood clearly that when we say take that, you're going to pay taxes when you take your 401k out, and that's okay because you're only giving to the government what's theirs anyway. There's nothing you're paying. There's nothing you're doing extra. And, yes, they're suppressing silver. And and before we go, uh, Frank, I want you to address the six-second thing that they did uh, to short silver, which is pretty incredible. It tells you a a lot of what's going on right now. Well, this this has been going on with desperation for many years. If you want to perpetuate a fiat money crime, which is illegal by the supreme law of our land. The U.S. Constitution says only gold and silver will be money. And every congressman swears an oath to protect this. But for a 100 years, we've had very few that have done that. Uh, by its nature, the fiat money, money that is not totally backed by gold and silver in the United States of America, by the definition of our U.S. Constitution, is illegal. So in order to perpetuate this crime, uh, you have to suppress gold and silver. Now, um, gold is not a big, as big a threat because it's not the money of the people. But silver is terrifying. And so you can't terrifying allow silver. Terrifying to the feds. It's, it's terrifying for the, for the powers to be. I call them money changers. Jesus called them money changers. But um, it, it, uh, if it gets to look like a, um, an alternate currency that's working, and it is, it's finite. So this is what everybody is going to decide to do in the future, is they're going to, everybody exits fiat money in favor of real tangible things. This is happening. It's absolute. They're not going to exit in favor of silver stocks. They're not going to exit in favor of paper silver. They're going to exit it in favor of silver. And if you're holding uh, silver, it doesn't matter what's stamped on it. They're going to know clearly that you have real money, honest money. But so what happens when the market's manipulated is, um, there'll be a paper seller for every ounce that comes to the market so they can keep this at bay. There's also trillions that are going into stocks to keep you complacent, to make you think that everything's okay. Because if you start to get worried, 
then you start to do what the example of, uh, you know, the people that I'm giving you, and I could go, if you're 30,000, if you put 30,000 in, if 10,000 of your counterparts do that, it's going to stress and collapse the market. If you put 300,000 in, um, or 100,000 for 30, but just a tiny amount of people, you get the, get the idea. Um, let me, let me it, address. It's staggering. The, the math is staggering. Anyone can look it up. But the economy, the economy is going to fall. There's, there's, it's impossible for it not to. There's moves being made and anticipated by the government. Things I've just done the research, seeing it, that they they know it. But they they play the game because let's put it off as far as we can, as long as we can. The 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 thing that came up is that uh, in six seconds, in one second, they shorted silver, which is to drive the price down, to keep it in check. Because they can't pay out in paper, they shorted it ten thousand times per second for six seconds. How do you short silver? Drop the price of it, make all that paper sell like that ten thousand times a second for six seconds. Sixty thousand times. This is illegal. It's clearly manipulated. It's, it can't be done without the government knowing about that. It's too big of a deal for that to happen. And and when that takes place, it's just logic. Uh, what's behind that? And of course, it's manipulation because people will run the silver and the price will go up and people will flee the dollar and run to the, run to the silver. So we're not doing this for this purpose as far as economics and all these investments and all this complication. And to, you might say, this is way over my head. It's just real simple. Use what assets you have that you have in your retirement, whatever, put it in the medallion, Rockets Mejigora medallion, for religious purpose to bring people about conversion. At the same time, when you got to make the expenditures, you have that to, to go out. And so, ain't going to happen because more details. We're out of time. <clears throat> Frank, uh, once you give your number, how they can get a hold of you and discuss this further with them, people. Okay, um, you can call us at 877-936-7686. You can also reach us by email at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. Again, that number is 877-936-7686. And if you uh, need to talk to me, this is what I'm called to do to protect what you've worked for. Just uh, ask for me, and if I'm not available... We'll get your number, and I'll call you back as soon as possible. Let me finish with you. I request you to pray for this book. They fired the first shot. It's important. Uh, according to how you spread it, once you read it, it could really affect the whole nation. And it's direction. It's got that much power in the book as far as that, because it's based on what her lady's shown us. And when she shows something, we follow her. We know she's leading us to a better tomorrow. And we don't have to worry about that tomorrow if we live today. So, we wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye.
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.